Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. You guys, I, I asked the Lord for a, a verse for the summer. Then he gave me Esther, which we talked about two weeks ago. We talked about how the Jewish people of the day, they're about to be annihilated, wiped out by their enemies. But really, God was allowing this whole sequence of events to unfold in order to, at the last minute, because that's his style, God is rarely early but never late. He turned the tables and he took all the bad things that were about to happen to his people and he flipped them so that they all happened to God, the enemies of his people. We had Queen Esther, this Jewish woman, living in hiding, as it were, as the queen of this country. And this bad dude, Haman, is about to wipe out the Jews just in spite, just the plan of the devil being orchestrated through human events. And on March 7th, it was established, we're going to kill all the Jews. And the king signed off on it. But Esther took this step of faith and said, my king. She marched into the presence of her Lord and said, please reverse this. And he did. And it was from that that we celebrated Purim last weekend with an awesome, awesome crawfish boil. But really, part, it was all part of this sermon. And I asked God for this passage, bless you, because I wanted a verse for us for the summer And I didn't even realize it until this week, but this scripture in Esther chapter 8 is identical to Matthew 28, which is where we take our motto, our theme for the summer. Go and make disciples. You got all authority. You can go into all places, share all the commands, and know that I'm with you always. I'm reading this this week, and I'm like, oh my God, there's that one, there's that one, there's that one, there's that one, in order. Like, I, I don't know if you can appreciate how awesome and incredible that was for me to be like, you knew that I was going to see this. I love God's word. I love the way he speaks to me through it and through you. So God's people, things are looking pretty grim. Esther marches in, says, don't wait, let's do this. The king hears her. Here's what the king says. Esther eight ten, A decree was written in the name of King Xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring. Mordecai then sent out the decree by swift messengers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king's service. So the Jews are about to be wiped out. Esther intervenes, and the king says, all right, here's the new order, reversing everything, go. So they go. And then here's what the decree said. The decree gave God's people, the Jews, authority to unite in order to defend themselves, and they were allowed by law to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives, and to take their property. Now, a copy of this decree was issued as law where? In every province and proclaimed to all peoples. Just these, no, all of them. So urged on by the king's command, the messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses, again, bred for the king's service, and the same decree was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa, which is where Esther and the king lived. And as a result, God's people were filled with joy and gladness, and they were honored everywhere. In every province and city, wherever the king's decree arrived, God's people rejoiced. They had a great celebration. They declared a public festival and holiday, and many of the people of the land became Jews themselves. That's, a, that's phenomenal. I mean, these people are about to be wiped out. And then this season of prosperity for the entire Jewish nation is ushered in in a day. 
They killed 75,000 of their enemies that day. They didn't just kill 75,000 people. These are people that wanted to annihilate God's people. And in a heartbeat, the blink of an eye, just because the king said so, everything is reversed. You guys, that's the kind of summary God is calling us to. You think you're in a bad place right now? You're feeling a little beat up? You feel like you got nothing to offer? In a blink of an eye, if you ask for it, God will turn the tables and you will have a summer of significance that will change you for eternity, potentially, hopefully, change someone else for eternity. It's that easy for God. $3,100 is nothing to God. Life change is nothing for God if you ask for it. Here's these four things, authority, places, commands, time, in Esther. Did you see him? The first one, verse 10, a decree was written in the name of King Xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring. King Xerxes, he was the man. There was nobody higher than him. He was the greatest king in the world at the time, vast empire. He issued a decree. You guys, God has issued a decree over this student ministry this summer. I believe it with all my heart. And he has sealed it with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to bless the work of your hands and your hearts. And that work is to destroy the work of the enemy, to destroy the lies of the enemy, to tell people the truth about your God who saved you and loved you and wants to do miraculous things in and through you. You know what that said right there? You've been given all authority. And so were the Jews back in Esther's day. I'm going to segue for just a second, and we'll come back to the other three points. How do we destroy the work of the enemy? Well, we don't destroy him with war, right? We're not, we're not killers. We don't go killing people. That was Old Testament. We're the New Testament. We're operating with power greater than swords and strength. We're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't destroy the enemy who's spiritual with war. We destroy him with worship. You worship, the enemy has to flee. He can't stand the name of Jesus. He can't stand worship. When you worship, the devil flees. You ever feel afflicted in the middle of the night in your bed? Worship in your bed out loud and don't, don't see if the whole atmosphere, the walls of your house will change when you worship. The enemy flees when we worship. And here's what John Piper has to say about missions and worship. Missions, which is going and making disciples, which is putting your faith in action, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Did you hear that? We don't exist for missions. They're huge, they're big, but that's not why we exist. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is the ultimate goal of the church. Why are you here this morning? To worship God. That's your number one priority. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Why do we go on mission to places like Turkey or orphanages in impoverished nations? Why do we go on missions to Africa? Why do we go on missions to slums. Why do we call missions into our schools? Because missions exist where worship doesn't. And if there's not worshiping happening right here, we're going to go on mission to bring worship right there. We went to Leader Treks, me and some students several years ago, and we served, and we prayed, and we worked together, and we loved, and it was awesome. But it wasn't until the final couple days when we started to worship in that place that things got awesome, when things went off the rails, and we were like, what? Missions exist where worship doesn't. You need to know that about all the trips and all that you do. You need to be taking worship into your schools, onto these trips. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man's or man's work. When this age is over and the countless billions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God when the world ends and Jesus comes back and this place is done. 
the, the earth melts like wax. When life is over, missions will be no more. We will have missed our chance. No more opportunity to talk about Jesus. It's done. You got one life to live. You got one life to make it count. Missions will be no more. Missions is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. There's no missions in heaven. When we get there, it's done, but worship will still be there. Worship will still be there. The greatest commandment in the Bible is to not love your neighbor, which is missions. It's to love God. When you come here on Sundays, as I extolled you earlier, I love watching you worship, but I hope you know in your mind, and if you don't, tell yourself, tell your spirit right now, I am here to worship the Lord. That is why we come to church. All right, end of segue. We've been given all authority, and we destroy the work of the enemy by worship. But second thing, go into all places, verse 13 from Esther, a copy of this decree was issued as law where? In every single province. He's the king of like the world, right? In every single area he has sovereignty issued this decree. And he proclaimed it to all peoples. If they didn't even live in a province, this is just a little micro group of people. Even they heard these guys have been given all authority to go and conquer their enemies. You guys, wherever we go together this year, God is saying, I've got your back. I will be with you. You go to Guatemala, don't just expect a cool trip and maybe a nice flight and some fun. And You're going with the power of God. Own that. Embrace that. Get excited about that. He will empower you to go in all places. Every year a student is like, I know I'm supposed to go on that trip, but I can't afford it, so I'm not even going to apply. God has your back. Step up. Sign up. And watch how he just like, boom, provides. We've been given all authority. He's going to empower us to go in all places. Verse 14 Urged on by the king's command, the messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses, and the same decree was also proclaimed. You guys, what's the purpose of messengers, of proclamations, of declarations? It's God's commands going out, and you are charged, and I am charged to share what God has said. And the main thing is, God loves us, and I love God, and I love you. You guys, share Jesus, every chance you get, you only have a certain amount of time. Any one of us could be hit by a car today. Any one of us could have something. Use this time and share the command that God loves you, that we're to love God. Last one, verse 16 and 17. Because God had their back, because they were empowered in such phenomenal ways, God's people, as a result, were filled with joy and gladness, and they were honored everywhere. When was the last time you were filled, like filled with joy and gladness? We all have good days, we all have bad days, we all have happy days, but this is joy and gladness. Do you need some joy and gladness in your life? Then own what God is calling you to and run with him, especially if you can't see the next step. Just have faith, put your faith in action, and you are gonna experience joy and and gladness in every province and city, wherever the king's decree arrived, God's people, they rejoiced, they had a great celebration, they declared a public festival. You guys, one night coming up, one night of renewal, that's how we're setting the tone for our summer. We are, we are going out on a mission, but a mission of praise and worship. Get excited about that. Jesus is with us all the time. The big question, though, from this is why? What are we supposed to do with all this? Where are we supposed to go with all this? Why 
do we take advantage of all this power and privilege? Well, the answer is in verse 17. Many people of the land, I don't know if it's up there, and many people of the land became Jews themselves. The Jews united, they used what God was giving them, they rejoiced and celebrated together, and it says all these people around them that didn't know God were like, I want that. I want to be part of that. And they came to them. Are you, wor- are you nervous about sharing the gospel or proselyte? Like, just love Jesus, band together, let's do this, and God will bring people right to us. The purpose of all of this is so God will bring people to us and we can make disciples. He will bring them right to your feet. Why do we do all this? To make disciples. God has promised us repeatedly in this building all authority, empowerment to go to all places, encouragement to share all the commands. So please, for the love of God, read your Bibles. And he says, I'll be with you all the time. So you guys, we got everything we need. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it going. We're in the middle of this series called The Lies We Believe. I'm not going to talk about it much, but the lie the devil wants you to believe right now is going and making disciples is somebody else's job. And that's a lie. It's your job. It's my job. You ever put your faith in Jesus? When you signed up for that, you signed up to talk about him, to tell people about him, to love people in the right direction. Monday morning, I had to go to jury duty. I had to go to jury duty. I was actually very excited. I really wanted to get picked. I did not. I was very disappointed. But it was no accident that I went to jury duty on Monday morning because I went to jury duty and I knew I was talking about this coming up on Sunday and I was like, I bet God has something for me here. So I paid really close attention to what was said and how things worked. And I saw some really cool similarities as I sat there in the 284th District Court under Kara Wood in Conroe. There's about 50 people in the room. Do we have a picture? We can leave it up. And I took this picture for you, and I took it at great expense to myself, because it's illegal to take pictures in there, and I didn't know it until I took the picture and I saw the sign. I'm like, well, I already took it, so. (laughs) But here's these 50 people, and we're, you know, look how excited. They're so thrilled to be here. You see this little lady in the bottom left corner? She's being asked questions by the lawyers, and she's answering them horribly, and they're like, like kind of confused, and she goes, look, I'm just trying to say whatever I can to get out of this. It was awesome. I think it's illegal to say that, but nobody, nothing happened to her. She survived. So I'm at jury duty in Conroe on Monday morning, and I'm paying attention. I got my eyes open because I'm like, I think God is going to use this to speak to me, to speak to the students. And the first, here's some things I noticed. So you got 50 people, and you're going to pick 12. Not everybody gets to go on mission. We're all called to if we're believers, but not everybody gets to. Want it, you guys. Want it. 12 people are picked for what purpose? To make a decision of great importance. God is calling you this morning to make a decision of great importance. Are you willing to answer? Are you willing to serve? To serve the greater good. That's why we do jury duty. Going on mission, worshiping, sharing Jesus is to serve the greater good. You don't have to do it. You're good. You're saved. But do it. Serve the greater good. Be bigger than yourselves. To be a juror, you have to be called or invited, right? I got my little letter in the mail. And they made it super convenient now. You just go online. You pick your time. It's awesome. But you get a letter in the mail, and you have to answer it. you got to show up to court on the day that you're called. And then you got to be sworn in. Even a juror, you have to put up your hand and say, I promise to tell the truth and the whole truth, and I'm going to answer questions honestly, etc. You guys, each of you, you've been called. You've been invited to go on mission for God. And you've been sworn in. When you put your faith in Jesus, you were saying, you're God. 
I'm not, what can I do? And it's not work, it's blessing. He wants to bless you through this. But you've been invited, you've been sworn in, you are called, the person in your seat has been called to live on mission, not just this summer. And then the second thing, you've got to be qualified. Well, here's the qualifications to be a juror. You need to be a citizen of the United States of America. You need to be old enough. You need to be able to read and write. And you need to be of sound mind. I barely made it. But I was qualified. You are qualified to be on mission for God. You are a citizen of heaven. And if you're not, ask for it. Ask for it. You don't know what that means? You come talk to me anytime. Ask for it. But you are citizens of heaven, not earth. So you qualify. You're a citizen. You're old enough. You know you're old enough. You're counting on your parents. You're counting on your pastor. You are old enough. You know, I've said it. The disciples were your age. They were teenagers. You are older than some of the disciples were when they got called. You are old enough. I'm assuming you can read and write. Otherwise, your homeschool or your public system. Talk to your teacher. But I'm sure you can. But I would just say, man, read your Bible. Write it out. And then of sound mind. There's some of you I wonder about. But I would wager you're all of sound mind. So you are all, we are all called, and we are all qualified to go on mission for God. Do you have an excuse that's keeping you from serving the Lord? You know what I say to it? You're called, you're qualified today. He's not looking for you to be perfect before you start. He's just looking for you to start. I'm going to invite the band to come up and take the stage. I'm going to lead us through a couple things to pray through. The greatest part of my experience at jury duty was listening to the lawyers. It was a big case. It was a $10 million case. I was very disappointed I didn't get picked. But the lawyers came up, and they were looking for any biases, any prejudices, and they asked us all these pointed questions. Like, here's the lawyer. There's 50 people, and he's like, would you be able to make a fair and unbiased decision about this, this, and this, Mr. Ulmer? And I'm like, ah! Right? But they were super intense. But some of their questions were so awesome, I wrote them down. I want you to bow your heads as I read these questions that the lawyers asked. I'm asking you this from the perspective of the Lord. Think about missions. Think about worship. Think about serving the Lord. And you and the Lord, you talk to each other about these questions as I ask them. Serving doesn't work unless people show up. I hope you guys are encouraged to know that this morning you have shown up. But show up with all of yourself. Show up and be all in. Are you all in for whatever God calls you to this summer? Because if you're not and he calls you to it, you might miss it. Tell God right now, I'm all in. Whatever you have for me. There's another one. We're not just looking for people to serve. We're looking for people who are willing to serve. Maybe this summer isn't your summer for Africa, but it's your summer for something. Are you willing? Are you just willing to serve? If you're not, you tell them right now, I'm willing. I'm open. Even if it's 1% of yourself, just be willing to serve. You just declare that to God. I love this one. When we ask you questions, there's no wrong answer except not to answer. 
Some of you guys, God has been asking you to do something for a while, and you're not answering him. You know it's, it's safe to argue with him. You can hash it out. You can talk to him. But you can't not answer when God calls you. What is God calling you to do? Answer him. If you're afraid, tell him your fears. Let him console you. Some of you are going to get called to do something radical this summer. When that happens, answer God. This last one is profound. Serving is not just your right as a citizen. Serving is your responsibility. You guys receive your birthright as Christians, as citizens of heaven, and accept your responsibility to share Jesus with anyone, with everyone, anywhere, anytime. Just be willing. Jesus, as we respond to you this morning, if there's a question that needs to be asked that I haven't asked, would you just put that on our hearts? But we want to respond to you now. We want to say yes to you, or we want to ask you a question. But we know you're here right now, so may we take full advantage of that. May we do some honest, heartfelt business with you. We want it, even if we don't know we want it. So help us. Open us up. Make us willing. And may we be bold to declare, yes, here I am. Send me. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.